Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. This is Hunter Pulaski alongside Brad Burkaw. We are brought to you by Reed Furniture. Whatever your furniture need, it is Reed. Indeed, the Mexico Open in the books. Rookie Jake Knapp holds on to win. We have the match that took place last night. We will talk about that. We have the LPJ Honda Thailand that took place this past weekend. We'll talk about those results. We have the college golf landscape we have michigan boys and michigan state boys both playing in the same tournament michigan and michigan state girls both off for a little bit here we'll talk about that we have some live news anthony kim making his debut on the live after what i think is like a dozen years of not playing professional golf uh very curious to see how that all unfolds and finally the cosmic classic in the palm beaches which is replacing the Honda Classic. Uh, We will talk about that. We have eight of the top 30 in the world in the field, highlighted by Roy McIlroy. But first, Brad, Jake Knapp. Rookie Jake Knapp. Most recently, if you you were not aware, they only said it 55 times on the broadcast. He was a nightclub bouncer back in 2019. Not that long ago. But they, they really wanted to drive that point home. Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, did you? Um, did they show any pictures? I, I I didn't I didn't know if they showed pictures or not. <laughs> I I can't tell if we're going to continue to do this if we're like continuing to to be facetious, but I'm not sure if they did. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch that much of it. Yes, they did. They <laughs> they showed pictures of him bouncing, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. But I mean. Um, just like looking at him, he doesn't look like the most, uh, like the the scariest bouncer by any means. No, he had to have been bouncing in like Southern California. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the first three times he he nicely asked you to leave. Yes, and then yeah. and then, and then alerted authorities, but never once right. never once put his hands on anybody. Uh, talk about talk about uh, limping your way to the finish line. Uh, you mentioned it pre-show, and I, I kind of forgot about it. Uh, the guy hit two fairways on Sunday, um, and this was after people were were all over him uh, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for his ball striking and how smooth his golf swing was. And to the point where actually Quinn Quinn DM'd me, one of our buddies DM'd me a, like a video of his swing, and I was like, I'm just curious to see how it how it holds up on Sunday because like a tempo like that, put yourself in a position to win, uh, and it definitely. It showed uh, he struggled mightily, but uh, convenient for him. Just nobody behind him wanted anything to do with that trophy. Something they got something against Mexico, I guess. Yeah, no, that was uh, mailing it in for sure. I I don't know how you win when you only hit two fairways, and it's not like he was nailing greens either. I want to say, I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but he he wasn't hit. He didn't hit a lot of greens either. No, and I, I think it was it was pretty clear going into Sunday that that the strength of his game was ball striking, uh, so it was it was encouraging to see him play that well around the greens where that was where whether that was just kind of by default because of how well he was striking the ball Thursday through Saturday, but that seemed to be kind of his weak point was around the greens, and he uh, he did just fine getting up and down. I mean, to to hit two greens and still shoot seventy one, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. 
I would I would take that. Um, we do have to quickly talk about. I don't know if you saw it, but Sammy Sammy Velmacki finished in in solo second, uh, three clear of third, so he was at seventeen under. On eighteen, he hits it against the fence. Did you see this by chance? So, uh, yeah, uh, yes, but I'll let you go. I saw. It. Are you getting into the relief and? Yeah, and, and it's yeah. and I can't think of. I want to say it was S H Kim. I don't think it was Siwoo. I, I can't. I can't say for certain, and that sounds very stereotypical of me to say it out loud as I'm saying it. But somebody on earlier in the week was in the exact same situation. The ball couldn't have been more than like feet from from where Sammy's ball was on Sunday. And and going into this hole, Sammy needs an eagle to at least try to tie it. Um, he does not get free relief, but. Kim earlier in the day or earlier in the week did get free relief. And I think that just goes to show how like you can, you can bend the shit out of the rules of golf and, and kind of just get them to get it, get them to fit your, whatever you're trying to do in that moment. And it's almost just like, it, it's crazy that we saw two very similar instances that, that had very different results. Yeah, it's it's hard. Like the rules of golf are, I don't want to say like ambiguous, but it ultimately will come down to the person making the decision. I mean, you have the rule, you have the rule in front of you, but you have to apply the rule to the circumstance, and just goes to show it's not always perfect. Yeah, and I think it. Um, like furthermore, you have I don't know how many rules officials you have on a on an average PGA Tour stop. I want to I want to say it's probably like three or four. Maybe up to six, like three hole. You have like a three hole stretch you have to cover. That that leads for a lot of opportunity for for guys to make different decisions. Like there's not there's not one head honcho that is that is making all the, unless there is, which I don't think I can't imagine only one one rules official is covering the whole golf course. But I saw somebody mention like similar to the NBA or the NFL where they have a they have a like a re, like a review booth, I guess almost. Where somebody is every week, every tournament is at headquarters taking care of of things like this, just so it's more. It's the same across the board, I guess is is what I would where I'd like to see it. I just don't think it, and I don't think by any means that 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 Kim cheated, or or did something he shouldn't have done. I just think he asked the right questions, and said the right things where maybe Sammy didn't. I think he. Kim Kim mentioned that he would he would take relief if that fence was not there he would have taken relief on the right side of the fence which seems kind of crazy because that would be closer to the trees a harder shot by far I don't know why he would do that but that's what he said he would do and that's what allowed him to get that free relief and I don't think Sammy said that but like things like that seems it seems like with all the betting that's going on now and the money that's being poured into this sport that that's at some point, something's got to change there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll sort of. I say I definitely agree with you. I think, for example, one thing that can change a rule: you could have the ball in the same spot, but the ruling is going to change based on if you're lefty or righty. And to your point on like a, a central office or a headquarters for a review, and I, I really would like to see golf progress towards a more modernized rules approach or review system. Although the one thing I'll say that's going to be challenging and I, 
I know there's got to be a way around it, but the difference that you see in other sports is you do have a head ref who will, um, you know, see review and seek review from a, a headquarters or whatever. But in those instances, the head ref is still there and they witness the play. And I think that the challenge that golf is going to have is if you have a head rules official, how are you going to manage them being around all 18 holes of the golf course? Yeah, because if annoying. if you're just simply going to give them a video to look at, you take away that that in person review. So that's that's the only devil's advocate, I guess I would say. But there, I mean, we're in 2024. There's got to be a way around it. Yeah, and I think that that also just goes back to golf has always been a game of of honor and integrity, and and you're your own rules keeper, and that sort of thing. So I don't want to I don't want to lose that aspect of it. I don't think it's I don't think it's that big of an issue. I don't think this happens week in week out. Um, I, I just think given the given the circumstances of Sunday and, and Sammy needing an eagle and having to take a drop um, was tough. Just give yeah. it, it really put put it right in the spotlight there with, with a very similar situation that happened earlier in the week. Uh, and then yeah. rounding out the, the top of the leaderboard, so I think I mentioned Steven Yeager. He finished in T3rd alongside C.T. Pan and Justin Lower. And then in uh, a tie for six, we have Patrick Rogers and – Bobby McIntyre. So nice to see. I was talking to to Peter about this yesterday. Like this was this was brutal to watch. Like you have to be a real sicko to watch the Mexico Open. And it's not like there was a ton of other stuff on TV to to overtake this, but this this event is important. Like this, there needs to be events like this for these guys on this leaderboard. I mean, you look at where these guys started. You have Jake Knapp started at fifty third. Sammy Velmecki started at 127. Jake Justin Lower 121. CT Pan not even ranked. Steven Yeager 47. Bobby Bobby Mac 156 or 158. So when it's happening, I always struggle to kind of digest just how bad the golfers are watching, and, and and maybe you don't know a lot of the names. And I wasn't a huge fan of the golf course, but when the dust settles. I'm I'm happy we have events like this. I think it's important for these guys. Super important. Yeah, I mean, with the way that the system is set up, you have to have events like this, or else these guys are never going to have a chance to to break out. It's just you know they'll never be able to move their way up the rankings. These guys aren't going to be competing in majors, but they should be playing in them. So, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's just. Goes to show how Jake went from nightclub bouncer to playing in the Masters in five years, which is which yeah. is pretty uh, pretty impressive. I do think it's it's worth mentioning. We're kind of seeing it right now, just the the beginning of it. But there's so many corn corn fairy tour guys that graduated that got their tour cards or at least at least partial tour cards that just aren't getting into events. And it's I don't know if what the if they the PGA. Um, misjudged how many top players would be playing in these events. It's not like Mexico Open had a ton, but there are quite a few here at the Honda Classic to start the Florida Swing, even though it's not a designated event. Something, I mean, Jay Monahan's got to get his head out of his butt and figure it out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I'd say good luck. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then that actually is a a uh, a very good segue into the match, which happened. If you didn't know, happened last night. I was I was a little disappointed with. I feel like I'm I'm fairly plugged into the golf world, and a lot of my Twitter algorithm is golf. 
Um, this match just snuck right up on me. I did not know. I knew it was happening. We had talked about it on the podcast, but I did not know about it again until yesterday afternoon. Love a, well, love a little bit more promotion behind the match. You put some NFL players in there, they'll, they'll promote the shit out of that, but you put two LPGA pros, a whole different ballgame apparently. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of coverage, or I won't say coverage. There wasn't a lot of a uh, marketing on it, was there? No, no, there wasn't. I don't. Did you watch any of it? Uh, I caught a little bit of it, but honestly, no, I I wasn't. I was not <clears throat> able to watch as much as I had I had hoped. I wasn't. Um, I actually, I don't want to say I turned it off, but I I sought out something else to watch for the last hour and a half of it or so. I I just. And I don't, I've always I've always said that I'd rather have tour pros than athletes that are playing golf, NFL players or NBA, whatever it may be. Um, I just wasn't in love with this. I don't know. I don't know what it, why that was. Um, probably just because Rory just absolutely dominated. I mean, he won he won ten out of the twelve skins. Lexi won two of the skins after she made like a forty foot eagle putt. But outside of that, there just wasn't. There wasn't a ton of juice involved. I loved night golf. I, I would watch more night golf, but I don't. Maybe maybe it was the individual side of things rather than the team aspect. I don't. I don't know. I wasn't loving it. Yeah, I just don't think they did a good job of hyping us up for it. No, no, I, I think that's fair, and I think, um, and I love Rose Zhang. I think she's going to be an absolute star on the LPGA tour. I don't think you're like setting her up for success, putting a mic in her face for 12 holes or putting on, putting her on AirPods for 12 holes. That's just a long time for maybe somebody that's just not used to that. I think Max did great. I think Lexi was pretty annoying towards the end. Um, and I think Rory did well too. To That was my one. I don't even think Rose did a bad job. I just think that's a lot to ask out of somebody that's never been put in that position. Yeah, I think it's like um, you have to, you have that double-edged sword of you want to grow her as a person because there is a lot of potential for her as a face of the LPGA Tour, but also she's, yeah, she might not quite be ready for for something of this nature. Yeah, and then that, and that's nothing, like that's absolutely nothing against, against her not by any means. And I'm hoping, my hope is that there's more, events like this I just hope I I would like to see I'm not even sure if I just wasn't in the mood for it last night but maybe more like a two-on-two and getting like more of the team camaraderie um would make a difference but who knows still something I mean like I said I love nighttime golf I could watch golf shots hit under the lights a lot and really enjoy it I wish they'd do something with a larger field at night I do think that I agree with you. I think that the night golf is very fun to watch. Yeah, I don't know what the reason is behind that. I don't know if there's just not that many 18-hole golf courses um, in, in America that have lights or if it's, it's a logistics issue or or what it may be. But, no, I would, I would I'd like to see that too, and especially in the wintertime in Florida just with it getting dark by 5 o'clock. At 5.30, you can fire that thing up pretty early. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could easily get a solid four hours in. Yeah. yeah, even if it's not the whole the whole day or tournament or whatever, but you have you have like a PGA Tour event on Sunday, finishing under the lights, 
close, you got a close leaderboard, that's electric. Yeah. That would be, and even if you just did like let up the last three holes. Right. That would exactly. be absolutely very cool. Um, it actually allows us to segue nicely into the LPGA tour, which, um, Rose and Lexi are both off this week, but this past week, the LPJ Honda in Thailand, uh, Patty Tavanakit won with a score of 21 under par. Albain Venezuela finished at 20 under. Uh, si Young Kim finished in a T-third al- alongside Hai Jun Choi at 18 under. And then um, uh, in T-fifth, we had uh, Hyo Ju Kim and... This is probably the hardest name I've ever looked at and tried to pronounce. Uh, Nakirta Vantalap, we'll say, at 1700 par, rounding out the top five. And they are back in action this week. Just really quickly, I can tell you where they are because I was just looking at it. They are at the uh, HSBC Women's World Championship in Singapore. So once again, we have one of these Wednesday Wednesday night through Saturday nights events, which is always nice. Give you a little something something to watch. And then uh, <clears throat> moving on to uh, college golf, I, meant, I mentioned in the intro, both the MSU women and Michigan women are off. Michigan women are off until March second when they head down to Florida to play in the um, Florida Gators Invitational, but the Michigan men are currently playing in uh, the the Ford, which is, I'm trying to figure out where that is located very quickly. Oh, down in Georgia, it, Richmond Hill, Georgia. Does that, does that sound right? Yep. Okay. Yep. It's the Ford Field and River Club at Richmond Hill, Georgia. Perfect. Invitational at the Ford. So, so far uh, it was suspended Monday afternoon due to darkness, uh, but so far... Ben Hoagland is pacing the way, open with a 69. Hunter Thompson shot 70. Uh, Jason Gordon is playing as an individual. He shot 71, and Jack O'Donnell also playing as an individual. Jack shot 73. Jude Kim finished at 76. Yugi Liu finished at 75. And Will Anderson finished at 73. Uh, We will give you results for the Michigan boys in this tournament next week when they uh, conclude today. And what about Michigan State boys? Um, They are also playing at the Invitational at the Ford. Um, I've got the leaderboard pulled up here. So looks like this is split. Did you see how it's split in Invitational at the Ford round two and three? No, I did not see that. I'm just going to go off three because it looks like it's the same as two. Um, so, yes, the Michigan State boys are also playing at the Invitational at the Ford. Um, currently, they have Drew Hackett at three under par, Brad Smithson at six over par, Lorenzo Pinelli at even, August Mikoff at two over par, and Ashton McCulloch at two under par. It looks like they're sitting a couple of shots ahead of Michigan right now. Three shots ahead of Michigan going into what will probably end up being the second and third round, I'm guessing, is what they're doing today. It looks like they are currently sitting at a team net score of two under par. Nice. All right, and then um, we got to talk about it. Live, live Golf, I don't know 
this this seemed like a dream I was having. Anthony Kim is playing golf again. I I don't know if it's if it's just the Ryder Cup is like all that he has that people I don't know why people think that he is like some second coming of Christ. I haven't figured that part out yet. But I'm excited to just watch him. I'm not going to watch it, I don't think. It's because it's in the middle of the night. But I'll watch the highlights. I'm very curious. Just a, he <laughs> hasn't played in a dozen years. And when he did play, he missed like five, he missed 12 cuts in a row to finish off his career or the, the, the last rendition of his career. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, here's what I remember of Anthony Kim. I feel like Anthony Kim came into the game at a time when there wasn't a lot of newcomers. It was Tiger and Phil had been dominating for years and years and years. And then here comes this Anthony Kim guy. He gets a couple wins. He's sponsored by Nike. And then he goes to the Ryder Cup at Valhalla. And I just remember him. He had a match with Sergio Garcia. And I actually watched some of the highlights of it the other day. And he just started out that match just nails. I mean, first hole drills it to a few feet, second hole drills it to a few feet, third hole out of the bunker nails it to a few feet, saves par. I mean, he was he was electric and he had a pretty smooth swing. But yeah, you're right. To your to your point, I mean, towards the end he wasn't doing a whole lot and then he had the whole injury and then getting paid to not play golf and then yeah, just just very strange, but there was that little he had a little spark there. I'll I'll give him that. I'll give him the spark and then at Valhalla for the U.S. team, I mean, he was really one of the very few guys who actually did much, I'll say. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that that maybe when there wasn't a ton of flair in the game, I would say, you know, I, I think if he showed up today, things might look a little different. Maybe things were the game of golf was was in need of flair at that point. I mean, I think there are some guys that, that have similar flair to, to him today that maybe he would blend in a little bit more, but it was – just a perfect timing situation, but we'll see. I don't know. It sounds like he's playing as like a wild card, uh, so he's playing as individual rather than a team. Um, very curious to see how it all plays out. Should be interesting, say the least. So, um, since we're on the topic of live, I uh, I didn't bring this up in our our intro, but I I just thought of this. Did you happen to see John Rom's interview? Uh, I. I think for this for the sake of secondhand embarrassment, I didn't watch it, but I saw I saw the high like I saw the uh, the headline, so I think I got the general gist. Is this where he where he didn't get responded back from Tiger? Yes, yeah. yes. This is the interview. So I I won't I don't want to dive into it too quickly, but it was objectively a very funny interview. He had a few points that I thought were uh, were very funny. Um, Mainly the fact he was just saying that circumstances, his circumstances have changed and that's why he went to live golf. Um, you know, the fact that he won the masters made it a lot easier for him to go over because now he can play in majors and, um, but then, yeah, the, the part about Rory has texted him, but Tiger hasn't, I thought was very funny. Um, but I mean, so I'll take a, I'll take it a, personal objective stance from here but like what a downfall for this guy i mean if you watch some of the clips it's it's pretty funny um i mean he at least admitted in the interview that the fact that he can 
quote unquote, play less golf, and then is also making a lot more money. I, I say quote unquote on play less golf because the way that live is set up now, they don't even really play that many like less tournaments than the PGA tour guys do. So, and they've got to travel. I mean, they're going all over the place. So I, that's why I add the little air quotes there. But um, if you feel like getting a chuckle, I'd say give it a watch because it's uh, it's pretty funny. And the more the more time that goes on, I, I fully believe that when John Rahm signed, he was under the impression that like the very next day, the deal was going to get done with the Saudi investment fund and the PGA Tour, and he was just going to get paid. And then, but then things would go back to normal, and. <laughs> The wool was just pulled right over his eyes. He's, he's just got to wake up a little bit. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It, that's. I don't. Uh, I think he can. I think he can fix a lot of this by just winning one of the majors, which I, I, see no reason to think that he can't do that. But it is. He has had some very funny comments uh, over the last couple of months in regards to PJ Tour and Live, and it's just like, buddy you just signed up. It's not like you've been here for a year and a half now, two years. So you, you just got here. Suck it up a little bit. The biggest mistake he ever made was going on air and, and having a quote of saying that more money wouldn't change his life. Well, that was the biggest mistake he ever made. I'm sure his wife was not happy about that. And then it's very funny because in this interview, he, he basically admits that. Um, I think the quote is like, uh, big change. I don't want to skip through this point because there's there's no point. A big change in the way the golfers get compensated. I'd be lying if I said the money wasn't a big part of it. So <laughs> it's always the money. Money uh, talks. Yep. And so then, anyway, had to had to add that little tidbit in for anybody interested. I'd say give it a watch. It's a ESPN interview John Rom did. And then just on that on that topic of live, uh, we do have to quickly talk about Taylor Gooch. He um, he continues to amaze me with with his lack of self awareness that that he possesses. Um, he he essentially said that if the um, it was what did he say? It was essentially that if Rory wins the Grand Slam or goes on to win the Grand Slam at the Masters, there needs to be an asterisk next to it because some of the top players, i.e., himself, are not included in the fields. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, like Taylor. Taylor was lucky where he struck when the iron was hot. Like he he was playing well, and they picked him up. But he needs to stop acting like he is he is anywhere near an elite golfer. And he needs to he needs to stop. He needs to stop right now. Yeah, I mean the quote was objectively hilarious. He his act. He said word for word, if Roy McIlroy goes and completes his career grand slam without some of the best players in the world, there's just going to be an asterisk. It's just the reality. I think everybody wins whenever the majors figure out a way to get the best players in the world there. So it's just, he, he's saying it as a literal fact that it's, it's the reality. If he wins, it's an asterisk, <laughs> which it, is, which is very funny that he, he has himself on a high enough pedestal to be the one to determine whether an uh, event deserves an asterisk or not, which has uh, has led to actually Data Golf has has now given the Taylor Gooch stamp of approval on past champ or uh, major um, tournament history. So if you go back 
and you click through some of the majors on their website, there'll be a little a little sticker on there that says like Taylor Gooch approved, which I think is very funny. Yeah, uh, he's the one that's just kind of gotten screwed. I don't want to say screwed, but the fact that he never won a major is like is really tough for him. Where all these other guys are going to have are going to continue to have exemptions for the next few years, and then longer than that for the ones that they won. And he's just kind of sitting there with his with his thumb up his butt, not knowing what to do. Yeah, yeah, he's just um, he'll fade away. He'll yep. fade away eventually. He'll uh, he'll be Dan Rappaport's uh, stunt double in movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll maybe he'll fill in for Dan in the second season of Full Swing. Yeah, yeah, he could be. <laughs> that would actually be very hilarious. <laughs> uh, so that's that's probably all I have uh, for Live. They are back in action this week, Friday through Sunday, which is probably more like a Thursday through Sunday or Saturday with the they're in Jetta this week. So that's long ways away from here so i imagine it's it's gonna be kind of a late night event and then uh finally we have the cosmic classic in the palm beaches uh, formerly known as the honda classic we have eight of the top 30 in the field uh, which is a really high number in comparison to some of the other non-signature events that we've uh, played so far this year uh extremely hard golf course scoring average of over par, so uh, 0.35 shots over par. Um, actually, sorry, field scoring average of 0.358 over par um, in previous years. This is the home of the the very very hard stretch of I think that's is that three holes the Bears. Why well, can't I think of what it's called right now? The Bears, the Bear Trap, the Bear Trap. So. Challenging set of par threes and par fours. So Jack Nicholas designed um, the bear trap, which is the par three 15th, the one over water, par four 16th, par three 17th. Actually, maybe the par three 17th that's over water. Um, each is average over par um, over the, the course of the last five years. Um, the scoring average is going to drop this year they changed the 10th hole from a 500 yard par 4 to a 530 yard par 5 um, so i expect a few lower scores bermuda grass two and a half inches long um, rolling about 12 on the stint meter for bermuda grass this is like a true test of golf uh, this is sung jm sung jm special here and whatever his number is i think that's worth betting on he always seems to play well at this event very very weird not not seeing it called the Honda Classic after which I think it's been the Honda Classic since the FedEx Cup era back in 2017. Um, so a little change of the guard. Any uh, any names that that you have that stick out to you? Uh, I have. I'm, I'll give one uh, at first because I have a feeling you might want to talk about him because he's one of your. He's a guy that you've mentioned in previous weeks, but it's Ben on. Yeah. So Ben on has had his ups and downs here. He, uh, but he's had good history. He's had one T 21 last year. He placed T four in 2020. 
Um, so he's shown that he has the ability to play well here. And with his recent history of how he's been playing, I would not be surprised to see him put together a nice, a nice round this weekend. Nice few rounds, I should say. Yeah, no, that's a guy I, I very much uh, would not be surprised to see him win, given his, his track record here, and then also given the fact that he's been playing so well this year. Um, another guy that I think makes a ton of sense just with how he played last year, um, didn't end up winning, but lost in a playoff to to Chris Kirk. Uh, Eric Cole, the, the absolute road warrior workhorse who is Eric Cole, he already has five top 25s in 2024, obviously finished um, – in second place last year, I would be shocked to see him not play well. I don't, I don't necessarily dislike Chris Kirk either. I know he won here um, last year. He was T twenty five in twenty twenty one, T seventh last year or two years ago. Obviously, won last year. Um, those are two names that make a ton of sense. Another one that I've been seeing a ton of people on is Keith Mitchell. Uh, this is the place that really fits his game uh, extremely well. T ninth here last year, um, and he had a victory in 2019 at this golf course. So uh, that's the name I really like. And uh-huh. one more, um, just because we're going to stick with the Georgia Bulldogs, because I've already mentioned a few oh, of them. Oh, no, you're going to steal my last one. Yeah, you can have them then. Fire away. Nope, go ahead. Does his name start with S and his last name starts with S? Sure does. Uh, I think yep. I, I think Seb Straka can just strike his way around a golf course, um, and this is a place where you need to be able to strike the ball. Um, defending champion in or the champion in 2021, 2022 rather, um, T fifth last year. So I mean, horse for course, pretty much the definition of horse for course, and that tight little draw on that Florida wind works pretty well. So that's yes. a, that's a guy I really like. I'm uh, I'm really happy you brought him up because he was my my second guy on my list. He is being absolutely disrespected this weekend. You already mentioned it, but he had a victory here in 2022, a T5 in 2023. You can get him for plus 400 for a top 10 this weekend. I love that. I love that number. I think that's that's got a chance for some free money there. That's stealing. That's you know. Apparently, FanDuel doesn't have kids to feed. Apparently not. I gotta let me. Um, I'm trying to quickly log into FanDuel to pull up some odds boards. If I can do. I this. do actually have it right okay, in front of perfect. me. If you'd yeah, like for away. me to just rip it out. Yeah. Um. Let me see here. So the favorite to win this week, we've got Roy McIlroy seven to one. Way behind him, we've got Cameron Young at twenty to one. Uh, Eric Cole, who you mentioned at 25 to one alongside Russell Henley, uh, Ben on who I mentioned at 28 to one. And then we've got a slew of guys at 30 to one. That is Matt Fitzpatrick, JT Poston and Tom Kim 33 to one Min Woo Lee. And I will wrap it up here. Actually, I'm not going to say 40 to one because they are, there's like eight guys. So I'm going to finish there at Min Woo Lee at 33 to one. And actually, um, how, much, how far do you have to go down to get to CT Pan? CT Pan, let me see. Let's do a quick search of the page here. CT Pan is 120 to 1. Okay, so that's a guy. He is 4 for 6 at PJ National, uh, T3rd in 2021, T16 in 2022. Um, just finished solo, or actually T3rd at the Mexico Open this past weekend. Um, that's a guy I don't think I would 
think you'd be crazy to take them to win, but I, I could see a uh, finishing number that, given what that outright number is, would be pretty tasty. He Just is, looked it up. He is 10 to 1 for a top 10. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good value. What's so about top 20? Maybe we'll, we'll call it 5 to 1 for the sake of math. That would be. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, uh, it's only going to give me top 40 no. after that. But for a top 40. Still he is plus. plus 175 for a top 40. You can still have uh, some plus dollars there. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, I think that's a really good bet. I um, I'm curious to see. I'm always it's always kind of funny to me when these guys like the Rory's of the world show up at a non-designated event. If that's just like a preparation thing, I'd be curious to see how he plays. That's just we're about to start a first of four weeks in Florida, um, with with two designated events sandwiched in between. Um, so I, I, I guess I'm almost kind of surprised there's not more guys playing here. We got, we're here this week. We're at, um, Arnie's place next week. The players after that, Valspar the week after that. Um, so a nice little stretch of golf here. We are really getting there. We've got, we're in it. I want to say, and I'm Googling it really quick and I'm going to slowly talk while I do. 41 days until the Masters starts. That's crazy. That's crazy. And, and it, even, it even adds more to it. I think it makes it feel like it's closer just because typically uh, on February 27th in Michigan, it would be snowing or there would be a plentiful amount of snow on the ground. Uh, it is like 60 degrees out today in northern it's Michigan. Beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> I didn't even wear a jacket home. No, I didn't wear a jacket to work. This morning, it was like 46 degrees, 47 degrees. I was like, what the heck? It's beautiful. It, it is, is beautiful. Amazing. On the topic of the Masters, I'm going to, I texted you and our buddy Sam on this really quick, but uh, something to look forward to this year is the fact that John Rahm will be hosting the uh, Champions Dinner. So that should be, that should be exciting. Yeah. And on that note, did you, did you see that, that, that invitation, was that real or was that, was that a fake one? Is, are you talking about the one where it's like, meet me on the yeah. whatever green? Yeah. No, that's from, that's from, uh, well, I know exactly who it's from, but I thought that that was, it was posted from like a fairly <laughs> legitimate account. No, I can't imagine if it was, then that is hilarious. And John Rob would get major kudos in my book, but I highly doubt that's, that's true. I think John Rahm is terrified of doing anything to upset Tiger Woods at this point. If he's going in interviews and saying that Tiger's not texting him back, he's shaking in his boots at the thought of rattling the big cat. Yeah, it was uh, it was fake. Son of a gun. Zyre, Zyre. It was, actually, it wasn't Zyre. I thought it was actually one that was one step ahead of Zyre as far as so, legitimacy. You bring up Zyre, and it brings up a point because there's a few accounts, and there's one PGA Tour where it's T-U-O-R, <laughs> and that one is clearly fake. But there's a few accounts that just are too wishy-washy. They'll post, like, real news, but then they post, like, fake stuff like that. And I... It's so easy to get got in the golf world this, these days because of how crazy everything is that I swear there's a couple times I look at a PGA Tour, T-U-O-R, tweet, and I, I think that could be real. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's it, uh, a big factor is that we don't have, like, uh, we don't have a Woj or we don't have an Adam Schefter. Like, we don't have somebody that, like, if they say it, that's true. Like, we know yes. for a fact, like, the, the last line of defense is Adam Scheffler or Woj 
in those sports, but we don't really have that guy. I don't have a guy that I can go to and be like, okay, he's saying it, so it's got to be real. We need a Woj bomb for golf. Yes, that would be nice. That would absolutely be nice. Uh, any, uh, <clears throat> you going to try to play golf this week, given the nice weather? So, so I've been keeping my eye on my email, and I've been checking the online tee times. I haven't heard a peep out of the club on if I can even go hit off a mat at the driving range. And I'm getting to the point where I might have to give him a call. Year-round club, huh? I guess. I guess so. I saw it. So I, I do know a few people just around locally, and I saw pictures of people playing golf this past weekend, and I'm like, not a peep. Not a peep out of my club. So I am I'm, 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 I might just call and say, hey, I, I think I'm not getting the emails because I haven't gotten the update on the driving range being open and just kind of play it off like, a you know, kind of uh, – Clueless, but like aggressive, like to the point where, you know, you're like, hey, the range should be open. I mean, it's 70 degrees. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm shocked it's not. I kind of thought that that was it was very much a. Uh, like weather dependent golf course, like if it was nice, out, it'd be open. Well, it's, that's the picture they paint in the fall because they'll stay open until it just about snows. But. In the spring, I guess they're not, they don't have their ducks in a row. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to milk the uh, simulator money for as long as they can. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it is, it is only February 27th. Maybe they, maybe they shoot for March 1 start date. All I know is based on, so I've said this to a few people, based on this spring, I, I'm hoping for, we might get a seven month golf season this year, seven to eight. Yeah, I don't think that's that's hard to believe at all. Um, the extended forecast up here is is like shocking. It is, I can't imagine. I, I said in the group a couple days ago, owning a snowmobile or like snowmobile dealership, really anything that requires snow. Like I think the ski resorts are surviving just with the fact it's it was cold for like a couple weeks stretch, and they were able to make snow. But my God, I mean, I can't imagine wanting to somebody that was invested in a winter sport or a winter activity these days good for well me. i'll give you one i um not a not a sport i'll say but i bought a i bought a snowblower last last summer a uh, new to me not a brand new snowblower but i i we found this guy who will uh tune up old ones and sell them off so i bought a snowblower i've used it like twice yeah the, yeah as you were driving away that guy goes like sucker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I mean, and I, I'll say I kind of like snowblowing. I don't hate it. It's a lot. It's like a million times better than shoveling, obviously. But yeah, bought the dang thing. It's been sitting in my garage. Used it twice. <laughs> Is that like? Are there? Are you snowblowing? No matter the amount of snow, or are you? If it's no. a small enough amount, you're gonna shovel. Right? No, our driveway is not like huge. It's big enough that if we get, you know, more than a a few inches it makes it worth it to snow blow it but if it's just like an inch or two i'll just do a quick shovel and i want i want everyone to know that brad brad's driveway is like no more than 25 feet long feels like feels like the snowblower might be a little bit no. more overkill no it's longer than that <laughs> 32 no way i'm thinking so if you're saying like how long is a car because i feel like you can fit two cars in the driveway maybe a third you could no, you can fit three. You can easily fit three. How long is a car? 12 feet? Let's see. How long is the average? I guess, well, we both drive SUVs, and so I'll just say, how long is a Ford Explorer? 20, 
So what is a hundred two hundred inches? Oh boy. So that's sixteen feet. So you'd say sixteen point six feet times three. So it's fifty feet. Okay. That that's probably I, I was probably hyperbolizing that by a little bit. It so, looks smaller because it's on a little hill. It's deceiving. Yeah. Yeah. The contrast. Plus plus I'll say, as I've gotten older, the thing I've realized is there is no shame. If you can swing something to save yourself time, I would much rather pay for a snowblower and save myself a lot of time than having to shovel my whole driveway. Yeah, I would say I would say that. And then I think shoveling is like one of the worst activities for your body. I oh mean, yeah. Like Nobody the, does it the right. Way, you're always the just... way you have to shovel is like you're instantly hurting your back. Well and, and we're off on a super tangent now, but I I even got one of those shovels that has a weird curve in it that's supposed to be like better for your back and mm-hmm. everything. And I swear it it's worse. <laughs> it, it's false, they don't false, work. Ad, false advertising. Well, hopefully not an issue anymore. I think I, I see like one more day of snow and then Springbrook's open today. Uh they're open this weekend. Just insane. I I feel like I remember we played March thirteenth or March eighteenth two years ago. And I felt like that was so early. And then obviously be playing before then this year. The earliest golf in Michigan I can remember playing is we played golf uh, in college. Uh, this would have been like my sophomore year, freshman or sophomore year on Kyle, on our buddy Kyle's birthday, which would have been February 19th. Yeah, that is, uh, that's early. I still have a video of it and it's very funny because the water on the course is all frozen. Uh, so we actually <laughs> hit a ball under the water and just watched it like bounce. <laughs> All right. Any uh, anything else worth mentioning? I think that's about it for me. All right. Good luck with your picks this week, and we will talk to you guys next week. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody. See you guys.